0: Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous January 4th, 220 day. Today we'll be covering 2 Corinthians chapter 12, maybe 13, to finish up the books of Corinthians. But today's lesson is nothing short of solid doctrine that you are to apply to your day-to-day lives here and now in real time. All wasted emotions and feelings are put away and left behind forever for those whomsoever will but first please consider the companion chapel podcast is brought to you by your generous donations that's what makes this happen it's the only way this can come to you i can teach the whole bible from cover to cover for you but that's entirely up to you and your donations i thank you very much you can go to CompanionChapel.com, CompanionChapel.net, CompanionChapel.info, CompanionChapelPodcast.com, or e-transfer to CompanionChapel at gmail.com, and I'd sure love to hear from you. Now open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 1. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now Paul humbles himself again. It's It's not expedient for him. It means it's... Of no value for him to sit there and brag. He humbles himself. He understands this. He starts talking in the third person in this lesson here, starting in verse two. But he's had a vision and something has come to him. It's divine revelation, it's not a man's imagination. Two, I know a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Again, Paul's talking in third, third person. He's talking about himself. Whether in body I cannot tell, or whether out of body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. Now, pay attention here, because Paul is not trying to explain something that he doesn't understand. So, that's not man's imagination. This is divine revelation. He doesn't understand it. Okay, he was caught up to the third heaven, and this is the same as uh, Revelation chapter one ten when John says, "I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was in his flesh body. Flesh and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Corruption cannot inherit. Uh, inc- or, corruption cannot inherit incorruption. We have to be in our spiritual bodies, and that's where Paul was taken in his spiritual body, and he was taken to the third heaven. Now, Second Peter chapter three verse five says, concerning the third heaven." For this they willingly are ignorant of. So don't be ignorant of this. That's the scoffers are and the mockers. That by the word of God the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that was then being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store. Reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Now. What what was spoken of there by the Word? By Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, period. It doesn't say when, and science has proven. It's millions and millions and hundreds of millions of years ago. That's how old this planet is, and we know it. Everybody knows that. Between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, and ch- uh, chapter one, verse 1 and verse 2 is a huge gap of those millions of years. Then the earth became void and without form. It was over flooded with water. It was the ice age and science has proven that. And then this age that we're in now, because mankind has turned this planet into a chemical toilet, God is going to cleanse it with fire. And the fire is very cleansing, and it'll rejuvenate again, and we're in the third heaven. And that's what's being said here. Paul has got a glimpse of the third heaven. And he's going to tell us a little bit, but he has to be careful here. Now watch this. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. He's talking about himself in third person. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which which it is not lawful for man to utter. So he was told, he was showing stuff, and he heard things, and it said he's not he's not allowed to tell. And does it say this somewhere else in the Bible? Of course it does. Revelation ten four, and I'll just turn there just quickly. And Revelation ten four reads, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. That's good old John, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not." He was told not to write them. And that's because it's not. We're not ready for it yet. It's too much for us right now. Trust in the Lord. The Lord knows best. Thy will be done. Okay. So that's where we get that it wasn't utter. It wasn't lawful for him to say it. He was told not to say it. Five of such a one I will glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. So Paul's humbling himself again. He's glorying in the Lord. He saw Jesus Christ up there. He went to the third heaven, and we know what he saw up there because it's written in the book of Revelation. And he will glory in the Lord. You glory in the cross right now, and you understand what the cross means, that Christ did not compromise with evil, and he set up a legitimate kingdom. For us, a kingdom over he is King of kings, Lord of lords, and the Prince of peace, where there is no guile, no malice, nor corruption found in that kingdom, because Jesus Christ did not compromise with evil. If he did compromise with evil in thought, intent, or in action, then those things would be allowed in the kingdom. It wouldn't be legit. It wouldn't be valid. But Christ did not compromise with evil. It's a valid, legitimate kingdom, and Paul got a little glimpse of it. Okay, so, and he's saying, I'm not going to glory in myself. I'll just look at my infirmities. Like, just humble yourself and realize that you're in the flesh. You're bound by the perimeters of being in the flesh. And, yeah, this is corruption. That's what, uh, as it's written in the last couple chapters there, or written throughout the book of Corinthians. Okay, six. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth... But not forbear, lest any man should think above me, above that which he seeth me to be or heareth of me. Okay, so now Paul doesn't want to get into a a little competition with people, like people that think they're above others. Like, oh, who's this guy think he got to see what's in the third earth age and we didn't and he's someone special. Paul just always stayed humble. He always kept it real. And he never wavered. He had faith, unwavering faith, and he taught with salt. And his works, well, we can see his works here. They're written. Seven. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that he saw, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger or angel of Satan to buffet me for fear I should be exalted above measure. Okay, now here's the reason One more verse. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Okay, here's the reason for seven and eight. And he said unto me, Christ answered Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And just because Paul got to see something that no one else got to see, and Paul got to also, he was also saw the Lord twice again on the road to Damascus. That you know, it's almost impossible not to let that go to your head. And so Christ said, Just trust me, my grace, the Lord knows best, and thy will be done. Okay, I know what's good for you, Paul. I want to make sure that you stay humble and stay true to the Word and don't let things go to your head. So as soon as you start to wander in your mind, which is just human nature, then don't forget, there's this thorn in your flesh, or this this thorn, which is an angel of, of Satan, just to be there to pasture you and just to keep you down and make sure that you stay humble. Okay, God knows how much affliction each of us needs to humble for the eternity. And God always says it says in the bible thank you for the chastisement lord and god only chastises those he loves because chastisement makes you turn back to god but the stubborn people don't turn back to god god will never leave you or forsake you he allows you to go down those roads and think those thoughts, those vain thoughts of vanity of vanity all is vanity and vexation of spirit There's an endless world of thought process like that he keeps, God knows how much affliction Paul needed to humble for the eternity and each and every one of us. And we're made perfect in weakness. It so just means mature. Just keep meek. And meek means to afflict. It means self-discipline. Okay, 10. Oh, more on this. It, just because you turn to be a Christian doesn't mean it's going to be a cakewalk. Like, it's persecution. The symbol of Christianity itself is the symbol of affliction. The cross is a symbol of affliction, a symbol of torture. It's a symbol of understanding that there is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And it's on that cross Christ cemented that in that he did not compromise with evil. It's yea or nay, one or the other, and the, and always remember the cross. 10. Therefore I take no pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then I am strong. It just means... I take no pleasure because you messed up for following uh, vain things like... Uh, all the ways of mankind. There's so many ways mankind comes up with that he thinks is right, but they lead to death. Like there's tens of thousands and millions of ways people can think outside the Lord, including sorcerers, which is just pharmaceutical companies, like little pill here, uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, all the ways of the prisons of sensual lust. And it goes on and blame and, and regret and just all the wasted emotions. He's not going to, he doesn't, he doesn't, appreciate that he's not going to glory in that he glories in jesus christ okay i am become a fool in glorying. you have compelled me for i ought to have been commended of you for in nothing am i behind the very chiefest apostle though i be nothing so he's getting picked on there's no doubt about it there's a common thread in this he is getting picked on and he even thinks that he paul even picks on himself Saying, well, I might be boasting a little bit, but I'm just, uh, you know, I'm still keeping it real. I'm st- I'm, I'm, I know my spot in the many-membered body. And other people might look at me like I'm a fool, but I don't care. Because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. Uh, Twelve. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders, and in mighty deeds. Paul was an apostle. He was a, he was a chosen vessel, and he wasn't behind anybody as far as the apostles goes, as far as biblical knowledge goes, as far as the powers that Jesus Christ, our Lord, gave to Paul. And Paul's not sitting there trying to brag about it. He doesn't say, hey man, I'm, I'm number one or I'm number two. No, he's just part of the many member body. He knows his place and he did what he was called to do. Paul set up churches. It wasn't easy. He got They mopped the floor with him in every town, every place, and everywhere in between he went. Except when Titus was around. 13, for what is written, ye were inferior to other churches. Okay, let's just see here. Paul didn't go in there and try and compete with other churches in the area. False churches, any churches, the, the certain people that claimed to be of Moses and uh, had the Old Testament with them. Like they had big churches. Like Paul didn't go in and put on a big show. And so he's saying, yeah, we, weren't, we were not inferior to that. Like, we don't care about the big show. We don't care about being big shots. We don't care about having the biggest building and the nicest dresses and the nicest backward, backwards collars. We came in here to set up a church, okay? Except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. Forgive me this wrong. Okay, so he stayed away from the big show. He didn't take its salary. And so what? That's what he's saying forgive me. If you think this is wrong, well, too bad. That's what he's saying. I'm not going to come in and put on a big revival. I want you guys to have your church business done. I'm not, I don't care. I want us to teach the Bible. I'm going to teach you doctrine. I'm going to teach you the structure, the principles, and the reason and resolve of a higher power written in the councils of eternity because I love you. I don't want you to end up compromising with evil and ending up on the wrong side. God loves you. He loves every one of you here and now, but he doesn't necessarily what you're doing. Love what you're doing or love your thoughts and intents. And that's where that's the dividing line right there. You have to clean up your inside, outside, your whole spiritual body, your whole soma. That means your whole mind, spirit, and body. Okay. Truly, the signs of an apostle were wrought among you. Wait, I read that. 14. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you. And I will not be burdensome to you. And Paul Paul wasn't burdensome to them anyway. Like he didn't come in and have expectations. He just wanted the church to be ready to listen to some sound doctrine. He didn't want to take a big wage. He didn't take any money. He went and made tents at night. Like he didn't have to do that. He had every right to take a salary. And he didn't. Okay, so that's what he means by, I'm not burdensome to you. For I seek not yours, but you. I don't seek your stuff, are you doing your money? I seek you. I want your soul to come to Jesus Christ. We want all to come to repentance. And when you have the love of Christ in your heart, when you say your prayers, you're compelled to pray for everybody on the planet equally. Every soul. We want everyone to sing for joy in front of God equally like we did before. We want everyone to let go of those vain and void and wasted time emotions. Just You have to let it go and come over, and we come over, and be with our Lord Jesus Christ in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. Let's get on with the eternity. We don't want any of this evil anymore. Mankind has demoed this planet. We've turned it into a chemical toilet. We've tortured each other. Human rights infractions are constant day in and day out. We're ready to ready to blow each other up every country pretty much has nuclear weapons or an army and we're just ready to you know why should we have to be ready to defend ourselves against our own brothers and sisters we're all the children of god and it's just incredibly ridiculous that god gave us this jewel of a planet look at the planet look at the solar system they're all dead sea dust Oh, like just just, just dead sea planets. And there's this one planet that God made, this one, the jewel of the universe, Barah. He handcrafted it in the Hebrew, it says. He made it gorgeous, the only self-sustaining planet. And look what mankind's done with it. Just turned it into a chemical toilet of wars and, and, and human rights atrocities and, and Mother Nature's rights infractions. It's just brutal. And God's going to come clean it up. But... You're going to be put on one side or the other. If you carry the evil things, all the evil in the world is perpetuated by the human heart. If you carry the things, then you're going to be on the other side until you can let them go. And we want you to let them go because they don't have any value. Okay. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Okay, The parents... If you're a parent, or if you're an elder, here is what this the sense and meaning means. Like Paul, he lays it out for the children. The road to salvation. I'm gonna I'm gonna guide you to our Lord Jesus Christ. He's gonna show us the road to salvation. There's a natural order of things. God, His righteous right arm, Yeshua Messiah, Yeshua Messiah Jesus Christ, is our mediator to God. And then the angels, that's messengers, and then the prophets. And right now, prophets just means those who can prophesy the word, those who can make sense of the word, the teachers, and so on on down. It doesn't start at the bottom and go up. Like children, you're at the bottom. If you're just learning and you're a babe in Christ, doesn't matter how old you are, know your spot in the many-membered body and respect the natural order of things. 15. And I will be very gladly and I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Okay, so Paul's not feeling the love all the time, but he will spend. He will spend everything he has. He's going to spend everything he has, like he's going to exhaust himself to try and set the church straight, to set doctrine in there that is going to be solid. Christ is our rock, and, and Paul teaches that. He is our rock. He is our Passover, as Paul said. We pass over the death angel. We pass over the ways of the world right into the kingdom of heaven. He is our Sabbath. That means we rest in him daily. And Paul's putting these things down with the most important thing to glory in, the cross. Christ did not compromise with evil. He did it for you, for me, for everybody on the planet. We pray for everybody equally, if you have the love of Christ in your heart. 16. I'm going to read 16, 17, and 18 together. And uh, But it be so, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. That's okay. Did I make a gain of you by any of them who I sent unto you. I desired Titus, and with him I sent a brother. Did Titus make a gain of you? Walked we not the same spirit? Walked we not the same steps? And what Paul's saying here? Okay. Remember first Corinthians chapter, I think it's nine or something. A servant has the right to get paid. Like People in the many member body have to understand their spot. And some people like myself, I'll study and study and study year after year, day after day, because I love you and I want you to hear the saving word. I pray for everybody equally. I want you to let go of the things, but it takes everything, everything we have to teach this and to do that. You know, we still have to go to the grocery store too. We still need heat. We still need the basic necessities of life. I don't need anything beyond that. But I still need something. And I need a many-member body to form around me and me to form around them. Because no one is more worthy of, their, of the spot than anybody else. But what Paul's saying here is service is worthy. A servant is worthy of his, of his meat. That's Matthew 10.10. 10 okay and in numbers 344 to 51 you support your truth source and that's the laws of god and just remember that anything that you support your truth source to that person, if he's really teaching the truth, isn't going to the car dealership to buy a new toy. He's not going out to the ATV or snowmobile dealer. He's not going out and trying to build some lavish house and save up for a jet. He wants to spread the word of God to everybody because he prays for everybody equally. And that's what Paul's saying here. He's saying, I did not burden you. Uh, Being crafty, I caught you with guile. That means he kind of... um, Kind of a trick bait decoy, like when he sent Titus in and said, okay, did Titus make gain of you? He walked in the same spirit, but no one messed with Titus. No one messed with Titus. There was no bad-mouthing Titus. He didn't take it. But Paul took it. Paul was humble, but Titus was in there, and I like Titus, I'm telling you. I would like to have a Titus around me all the time. 19. Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. That means, edifying means to build a structure of truth around you, the many-membered body. And that's what what the whole point is. We all want to be together. It's not one-upmanship. It's not someone's better than the other person. When you give money to this church, for example, or your time, or whatever gratuities you give, it's not for me. It's, it's for the many-membered body so we can get the word and broadcast the word out there. Yeah, I need the basic necessities of life, but beyond that, I don't want anything. And if you, come, if you come here and see me, you can see. I've lived like this for a long time. And yeah, I don't even have drywall. I don't have running water. I don't have electricity. But maybe someday, but those things aren't important to me. But getting the word out to everybody is important to me. And that's what's in my heart because I love you. I may not love what you're doing but I love you to pieces. I know there's a good person in there. And I know you can let go of the things that you're carrying that God doesn't like and finds an abominable. And I don't wanna ever see anybody. I don't wanna be in heaven and nobody in the heaven side ever wants to look down from their luxury lawn chair and see people in hell frying like a piece of bacon and some guy running around with a rod beating them up, a rod of iron. That's not what it's going to be like. The rod of iron is just, you can't get over yourself. You're carried on through this whole life saying, I know I'm a good person. Uh, I, I, I'm not religious, but if there's a God, yeah, I've lived a good life. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on. People justify and judge themselves over and over and over. And they're full of things like, like anxieties and worries and fears. None of those things can come into heaven because Christ did not allow those on the cross. He did not allow blame, guile, or hate. He did not allow racism, which is disgusting because we're all brothers and sisters together. He did not allow just all those vain and void emotions, none of them, none of them were on the cross. It they all got they're all with the evil side, because Christ did not compromise with evil. And he defeated all those things. The disappointment, blame, regret, vengeful, and all the all the all the resent and covetous and bitterness and possessiveness and people having an entitlement. It list goes on. When Christ was on the cross, he did not compromise with evil. I've said it a thousand times now, but that's because it took me 20 years to figure that out, believe it or not. Um, let's just go to verse 19. And I think again that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. That means to build a structure of truth. For I fear lest when I should come, when I come, I shall not find you such as I would. And that I shall be found unto you, such as you would not, lest there be... Like, come on, who translated this? In other words, Paul doesn't want to come there and find these things, okay? Debates. That means complicated, um, let's see, long, complicated uh, arguing, discussions, uh, lo- disputes okay long complicated disputes all right or envying he doesn't want to hear any envying that's spiteful and hostile uh that's like uh, bitter malicious an- animosity it's like evil intent bitter malicious evil intent i don't want to see any of this stuff okay i'm not accepting it it's not being in the church that i set up and god and christ won't allow it into heaven either and wrath and what wrath wrath covers the trademarks of evil arrogance and aggression Strifes, Uh, let's see, strifes means, let's say, uh, don't instigate and provoke others to anger. Okay, Uh, backbiting, Um, backbiting is like... uh, Let's see, like a defamation of character. to speak evil of somebody. It's like being a tattletale or just going behind someone's back and just, you know, just being that person. Everybody knows someone like that. Like as soon as the other person turns their back and just like, oh, you got something bad to say. Well, do you see what Cindy had on? Did she, do you know what she did on the weekend? Do you know what I saw her with somebody else? You know, just, and whisperings, that's slanderers. Anyone who slanders, and the, slandering is. I'm going to go out and say it, slandering could be the unforgivable sin. And I I'm, I, would say it is, but I'm not going to say, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying it is the closest thing to the unforgivable sin, because that's what Satan did to God. He slandered God. That's what the word devil means, slander. Satan himself, Satan means um, adversary. And... What did where did uh, Satan slander God to all of us to the hosts of heaven to the stars to the angels? He slandered God. He put his ideals into our head in the first age before the second age came along. He put ideals that hey, you guys can govern yourselves, and I'll be I'll be the king. I'll be God. And Isaiah chapter fourteen. Uh, That's what Satan thinks. And Satan put these ideals in our head and we ran with it. And some of us to more of an extent than others. One third actually followed Satan. As it's written in Revelation chapter 12, a third of his tail tail drew a third of the souls. And these are God's children. Satan challenged God's sovereignty. He looked at us while well, we were all singing for joy to God, our Father, and we are glory God. He made us all for his glory, his pleasure, his joy. And Satan put that. He saw us all looking up at him. He was created in the full pattern of beauty and wisdom. We would have looked up at him in awe and amazement as it's written. The whole world wandered after Satan. Like we all looked at him and he looked at us. He goes, look at these Look at these like billions of them looking up at me. And I'm the star. I want to be God. I want to be the big shot. He was the covering cherub. He was number two. He wanted it all. And he found a way to try and trick us. And, he's, and all the evil in the world is perpetuated by the human heart. But the source is the slanderer himself, Satan. Satan the devil, and he has his evil spirits and demons. And don't underestimate Satan. Be careful. Slander is what Satan did to God. And God put out the one and only death sentence in the Bible, the cemented in death sentence. He's going to turn him from ashes to ashes from within. And once you're ashes, ashes can never fabricate back into its original whatever it was. Okay, so swellings. Um, that's when you're full of yourself. Like who doesn't know people like that, right? They're a drag. Let's see. There's more about thick, some swellings. No, let's just go to Talmud's and that's the cause instability and disorder. And, uh, we'll just leave that at that. Um, okay. So those things, he doesn't want to hear about any of those things. They're not allowed in the kingdom of heaven and he doesn't want them in the church. Now get over yourself. Like people who perpetuate those things are just arrogant and aggressive. And you can't have that. That's the trademarks of evil. 21. Unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you. And that I shall bewail many which have sinned already. And have not repented of the uncleanliness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. Gross. What is this? Fornication. That's where the word porno comes from. It's adultery. It even covers incest. It's gross. It means being unfaithful. It means when you're sitting there in the other room with 19 pages of porn open, waiting for the door to come open on you, uh, 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 just so you you know so you can erase your history really fast. What are you doing, honey? What are you doing in there? Knock, 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 knock. Just a minute. Just a minute. You know what I mean? Like, come on, get over it. Fornication is adultery, and lasciviousness is to behave in a sexual sexually unrestrained way. And, well, I hope you enjoyed that. That's all for today. Um, that was 2 Corinthians chapter 12. My name is Mike. Coming to you from Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada. I really hope you enjoyed that lesson today. Um, we'll finish up 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and that'll be it for the book of Corinthians, and then we'll move on to something else. Please email me at companionchapel@gmail.com at gmail.com. for any book or any chapter that you would like me to cover. I do the whole a whole Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse for you because I love you. I may not love what you're doing, but I love you to pieces. Thank you very much. Have a great day and bye for now.